Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right Welcome now. to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm Chad Parsons. Got Katie Flower here, official show of uthdynasty.com. Got no ads, so if you want to support the show, become a general manager plus subscriber. Home to over 250-plus premium podcasts. Got a trade calculator, a bunch of in-depth content to make your 2022 season its best ever. And Katie, we're going to be talking, this is probably our last week, uh, maybe one more that we don't actually have NFL news going on, possibly training camp injuries and the scuttlebutt. Um, I kind of, you know, I was looking back at the past few years of what those training camp reports and, you know, the beat news uh, it's amazing how much of it is just dead wrong, you know, or you take it, you run with it, ADP or market value, trade value starts to change. And it really doesn't mean much of anything. You know, a lot of times the, what we thought in June is a lot of times what ends up happening in September, October, more so than things changing rapidly in late July or early August. But yeah, uh, you see, uh, J.K. Dobbins will be ready for week one, according to him. And uh, yeah. even though Ian Rappaport Shocker. reported yeah. that he, yeah. And uh, he's like, you ain't no dang doctor. You're like, what the heck? You don't know anything about me. Right. And apparently, you know, Michael Thomas, I mean, you see him one run, one 80% route, and that means he's going to be back to old Michael Thomas, you know? So, so yeah, you just, we, we spin dynasty in the long term, and it's amazing sometimes how the short term ends up skewing things either for our favor or to our detriment, uh, depending on which side of the marketplace you're on. Um, talking about the macro view here. So this is, you know, we have maybe one more, maybe uh, this is the last funsy show uh, of the off season. And then we're going to be into a lot more in-depth action planning uh, on, on where we stand at, at that point in time. But these are, these are big questions. And, and we always talk about like, what's our perfect format? What's something we haven't tried? What are we seeing out there in the marketplace? Because we see a lot of questions. Of, of, and it seems like you know, less and less we're asking, is it one quarterback or super flex? Just to give an example from a few years ago where it was a lot more contested. And now, I mean, I've shifted away to, to where you have to ask me specifically for one quarterback rankings or a big board or something like that. We've just shifted to QB premium. Um, I still feel like two tight end. I still feel like Devi, IDP, things like that. I would call them growing-ish, but I don't know if they're ever going to grow enough to be relatively consensus. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those types of twists or ones that we play, but they're not really on the path to becoming as, as uh, synonymous with Dynasty as Superflex is now? Well, one thing that I see growing a lot is the Debbie community, the Debbie assets, the ADP, and the rankings there's a lot more sources now than there was five years ago, 10 years ago, and it's gaining a lot of ground. And what I really would love to see is the C2C format, the College to Canton format, but all in one hosting website, hopefully MFL, because I hate Sleeper and I hate... Technically, Fantrax, fan, te- technically Fantrax is all in one because they have an NFL platform. 
well, it's not good, but technically you can you do the whole thing there. Right. But let's be real. Yeah. How many people play fan tracks? And if you're in multiple dynasty leagues, you don't want multiple formats. So if yeah. MFL ever came out with college players in there, I think that Devi leagues as a whole would jump because there would be less work for a commissioner with entering all those custom names and tracking all those custom names. There probably would still be some custom names, but a lot less. And then if they do a real C2C, uh, that would be a game changer, I think. I think more people would play, and it's gaining steam, at least in my Devi world. I see a lot of owners really love and dig that format. Because if you could do campus to Canton, I mean, just like IDP, just like Devi, you could do it to whatever depth you want. You could have 30-man college rosters and, and field the 10-person starting lineup. You could also do it like when we say t- people dabble in IDP, you go, oh, well, you're going to start five. You know, you're going to start one of each position in a flex. And you're going to only draft 10 players or have rostered 10 players. But that's going to be like a little mini Devi. But we've seen it. You know, anyone that's played the format, you play out the campus part, the college part, and you actually have some prizes and you could have it less than the NFL, the same. You could have an overall title if you win both in a given year. So I, I think there's a lot of possibilities on the upside. And I agree with you. It seems like I'm trying to think when I first test pilot uh, piloted pilot <laughs> uh, the uh, the first campus to Canton uh, draft and league. I'm trying to remember what year that was, but I believe there's been zero progress uh, in terms of its fan tracks. You go there, they track college, and I would say occasionally. I think in that first season there was one, maybe two times that there was a, a college player not in there, but they basically have everybody. Every single school, every possible, and and they add players regularly when someone pops up via injury or just they weren't expected to play at all and they were a walk on. And all of a sudden, you know, if they get five carries, boom, they're in there the next week. And but it seems like Fantrax has really held firm in being having a monopoly of, of that college aspect. And it just seems like it's a niche. But like what you're saying is the niche can A, grow and B, it's such a passionate one that I think people would play just like Debbie, people would want to play at a lot of those. You know, like, oh, I'm gonna I'm drafting yet another campus to Canton. You know, they, they I think it would become a lot bigger. And I think what has platforms maybe with pause of of adding it or going down that rabbit hole is just it seems like a lot of work. And if they're just looking at how big it is, the pie is right now. You know, you kind of have to project ahead three to five years and say, where are we going with this? Because you could build something that we all grumble about fan tracks, but that's really the only place to go unless you're going to create players and it's going to be Devi only. And that is right now. I'm hearing rumblings in my circle of Devi people and C2C people uh, that there is a change coming. And I don't know what platform. Again, if it's Sleeper, I'm still out. But a lot of people do like Sleeper and they like it better than MFL. I personally, can't stand it. I can't find anything. I don't like the chat. There's nothing that I like about Sleeper. Their draft platform is clunky. You can't find anything. But if it were on MFL, I'd be in, I'd be all in feet first. And again, I think that that would lead to more Devi leads, whether they're C2C or straight up Devi. I think MFL would really expand what they could do and the leaks that they would have if they did that. 
Yeah. And one, one honest gripe slash feedback item for, for MFL. And again, I, I've given it plenty of praise and I still will. It hosts the UTH um, best ball contest every single year. And I, I, I really enjoy the platform. It's my go-to, but they really haven't changed anything. To be fair, I don't even know if there's a list somewhere of the annual upgrades. They close, I know, for a day or two days or three days in the off season to, to do upkeeping uh, items, uh, maintenance items. But I'm not really sure what those are because you always, at the end of the year, oh, we want your feedback, supply feedback, blah, blah, blah. And you fill out the form and... Not to be, not to have a little micro prism of you know my vote counts more than anybody else's, but it just seems like it doesn't go anywhere. And I'm sure I'm not the only one to mention some of the things. And we've said it before. I mean, just having some things regarding Devi or uh, there, there's plenty of things that you cannot alter. And I know you would have the same gripes on other platforms, but just it seems like it's been a very dinosaur-like move, uh, very slow walking pace towards any progress uh, with many of these platforms over the years. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed that MFL has changed as far as being a commissioner in Debbie Leagues, you now have the ability when you hide a player and then you go back into the custom list, you can check the box to delete that player. You don't have to let them only once a year delete them themselves. We now have the power to delete them as a commissioner. So I like that. And I like that they flag as soon as you hide a player, that checkbox comes up and it makes it very easy. You don't have to search through the list to find out and compare it. Is this guy somebody I can delete? You already know that they've been deleted off a roster and hidden so you can delete them out of the system. How have you changed in recent years for if someone invites you to a league? Hey, Katie, are you interested in this? Uh, what are you looking for? Has that changed over the years for a league that three to five years ago might have drawn your interest versus being a little more selective or just looking for different things today? I, I really like the deeper lineups, the either super flex or start two quarterbacks, the start two tight end, the pick your own adventure, the running back gets a little bit of a boost per carry. The wide receivers uh, don't necessarily get a huge boost, but the tight ends get a boost. Plus you got to start two of them. And then there's a lot of more strategy involved in I've got to start 12 players and which direction do I go in order to build that team and keep that team strong, because that's a lot of starters. And really, you get hit with a few injuries, and now all of a sudden your season may be in jeopardy um, compared to other people that may have more depth. And I think that it the advantage goes to those that do have the good depth as opposed to the big studs and the duds. Yeah, um, I know I'm definitely a lot more selective, um, and and one of those one of those avenues is that it seems like it's really hard for me to find the whole combination of things that I like. Like I personally like doing the the startup auction. I know that's not for everybody, but I find it so much more fair in terms of the draft position. I know you lose the the startup draft trading to some degree because there's no moving around the board, but I view the budgeting and the ability to construct your team building uh, a lot more enjoyable. I like the slow moving progress of an auction where you'll have a few days where certain players are central points uh, of the bidding. You decide if you're in or out, aspects like that. But I do find that A, it's hard to to find that. Um, B, you don't really see any live auctions for uh, for startup drafts for 
the uh, for for Dynasty League. So that's another thing that you know a lot of people like. Oh, ESPN is you know the best auction platform. I've heard that in years past. It's been a while since I've done one on there. But they'll be like, oh, we're going to run it on there, and then we're going to shift over the rosters to MFL or somewhere else um, as a vehicle to to starting your league. I personally. Uh, I, I don't know about the live one, but I do know that the uh, the, the slow moving auction on MFL is, is a good one that I like. So so that's one that it's hard for me to find the price point I want, which is generally over a hundred bucks, uh, just to make it worth the while. And then the other part would be doing a live auction. And then then I've heard more and more, Katie, um, and this is an observation just from the questions I've received. I've I've received more this off season where they'll do a thousand dollar budget or some some amount you know not a hundred not five hundred but higher for an auction and then you get to choose the amount you have left is the amount for the waiver wire for the first year it gets replenished for year two but and then a lot of people have said oh well you know somebody has fifty dollars left some people have twenty or ten and there's some strategy involved when you get late on do I want to spend four dollars for this player or leave it for the waiver wire so that's a little nice blend of strategy that I, I find that is, is kind of cool and, and I would uh, you know be open to something like that in one of my leagues um, and the one thing other thing I want to ask you Katie is do you think there are leagues out there, maybe it's two quarterback, maybe it's certain types of scoring that actually shows the importance that are we trying to replicate the NFL to some degree on positional value and importance? Is there a way to do that? Should Or is it just a funzy game? Is fantasy a funzy game? Make whatever scoring you want and just play the format, know the format. And whether it's, you know, some people think PPR is hokey. That like, why are you getting a point just for catching the ball? You should get a point if you gain yards. Other people think like, what's the why? Why don't quarterbacks get penalized through the moon for interceptions or fumbles or turnovers that are critical game changing plays? Why shouldn't they be fantasy game changing plays? What do you think about like we've just grown up and we we have all these things put upon us? Like, oh, PPR is a thing, and you know we do ten yards per point, and it's four point or five point passing touchdowns or six or minus one, like. Do you think we should be challenging as a an, a, a global league-wide dynasty marketplace, challenging these norms, if you will? Or do you think, hey, this is the way it is, and the strategy is still something that eludes so many people. Let's not try to monkey with the rules. Well, that's part of the reason why I love the Scott Fishbowl. You get a chance to have jacked-up scoring for the quarterbacks six points for a touchdown, minus four for an interception, and then you get points for a completion, but you get negative points for non-completion. And so I don't know, I don't know that I would be all that interested in playing in a league that really punishes fumbles and all those other things, because then I think it's really game script dependent. And then I think it, it ends up being more luck than strategy as far as who ends up winning the whole thing. It's almost like through attrition you have what looks like a strong team should be a strong team, but you have a bad game or you think think in the playoffs, it would create more randomness. I do. I really do. If All of a sudden you have minus four for fumbles and minus six for a pick six and stuff like this. And all of a sudden you have a quarterback that might score 20, 30, 40 points. And they put up minus four because two pick sixes and a fumble. And even though they threw for two fifty, still a bad game. Right, because then it comes down to the random NFL schedule of who plays which defense on which week. And it's, again, I don't like randomness 
And I think that personally... Let me ask about randomness because yeah. the head-to-head format, and this is this is a tra- talk about a tradition. I, was it the Masters? A tradition like no other. Right. That the head-to-head, I'm playing Bob, and next week I'm playing Susan, and then you get thirteen. It used to be thirteen, now I have fourteen data points for the season. So that's not every team equal amount. That is four. You know, and we always talk about we look at all play, right? We look at all play to actually see how good we are. Not many leagues play all play. Sometimes you can get teams playing double headers, but still, at least that's double. At least that's that's by by the letter of the law. That's double the data points. But man, people really there's a strong faction against all play and against things where you're really increasing the probabilities of the best teams are the highest in the standings. No, and I I can appreciate that. Victory points is another similar way. You may lose the week, but you still get a point if you're in the top four of scoring. Um, so I do like to take out as much of that randomness as possible, but I also understand when I'm signing up for a league, I read the bylaws, read the scoring, read the rules. And before I sign on the dotted line, yes, I'm interested. I make sure that I'm okay with it, whatever that format may be. Do you remember the last time you read rules where you on face value, maybe you saw four or five bullet points on the listing or however they promote the league. And you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then you go into the rules and something was a, a flag and you said, and, or you found something out before it started, but after you said you're kind of interested, yeah, let me see. Let me see what it looks like. Do you remember what, what one of those were in, in recent examples? I don't recall, um, but I, I have declined leagues from reading the bylaws, you know, um, I can't think of an exact example though. No, there was one a week or two ago that it, it was just, it got a little too convoluted with me and I was reading through and it was something that I'm not opposed to like, you know, if it rolls over something from year to year and it becomes a strategy point on, you know, using your funds, if it's waivers or an annual auction or whatever it is. Um, but there was something in it that I can't remember. I want to say, it it was way too strong in my opinion with like there was like the toilet bowl reimburse like what you win for the toilet bowl was way too much in my opinion and then it also did this thing where like every 5 years whoever has the most titles plus you know a tiebreaker for points then they get a bonus and then it resets uh, for year 6 and like it, there was a lot of stuff like that and the more i read about it i was like i just like it, it's a little too far for me I will say a lot of this stuff, you know, the complexities, if I was in just one league or two or three leagues, I could absolutely dive in. Some of these people with questions, they're like, oh yeah, it's full full IDP. We have 60-man rosters. It's auction and salary cap, and there's contracts involved. And like I, I go through and, it, and they want help with their rookie draft. And it's like, I'm going to supply however much help I possibly can, but like you're living, breathing this thing for 365 and I'm just walking into it to try to answer a few questions. And it's just, to me, that's too much, you know, for, for those of us that play dozens of leagues, like all the twists and turns and the nuance of that is just a lot is what I would say. Um, one thing that we play in just to, just to uh, provide another point is I really do like the home field advantage in the playoffs. If you are going to play head to head in the playoffs, or even if you're doing the you know, four teams with two on a buy, those four teams kind of do an all play. I really do like the what's your average in season and rolling that in to how things are going in the playoffs. So you may have a 10, 20 point advantage 
depending on how strong you were or how weak you were. So it doesn't mean you can't win. It doesn't mean you can't lose. But I think you need more of an advantage. And I think you, first of all, I, I was in a couple of leagues. I don't know about you, Kitty, where it's like you have four teams make the playoffs and no buys. Like that's a way to really screw the best teams. Because usually there's one, maybe two, maybe three, but usually not teams that are better than everybody else. And you kind of need, whether it's through that points method, a home field advantage, or something, you need to have a mechanism that gives them a greater edge in the playoffs. Oh, I agree with that. And I like the leagues that I'm in that have that home field advantage. I think it's a nice touch. And as you said, it it's kind of like the NFL. Home field advantage is a real thing in the NFL. Well, it is also in Dynasty if you make it like that. What do you think? And I think I asked you this once in a previous year of, of a show like this. What do you think? I'm bracing for it. If we were blending NFL with the fantasy a little bit more, what if you did a total points or an all some sort of all play type mechanism? Where, but what if it went through the, the NFL playoffs? What if it goes all the way? Is that something that you would now have to think, how good is this team? Do I think they're going to make the NFL playoffs? Where it still wouldn't take up, it's not like it's 50% of the scoring. It's not even 25% of the scoring, but it would be a percentage where if you have a bad team versus a great team, all of a sudden you get a few more games of scoring or something like that for your tally. I don't know that I would be opposed to that. I don't know that I would run and jump and, and yeah, no, I agree. like that either. I would have to, again, it would depend on the rest of everything else, yeah. but I do go in with an open mind when, when I'm invited to a league and look at the bylaws and, and read through it. But the more, the one thing that I, I know when you're in 30 plus leagues and one is a one-off yeah, and you've really got to focus on the waiver wire or whatever it is, there's some kind of twist you have to constantly remind yourself to reread the bylaws and know exactly what's going on. It just makes it more difficult and less enjoyable. It's got to it's be worth your while in some capacity. It's got to be really fun or you go, man, there's this other aspect that makes it worthwhile or I really love the league. Um, I think you know, trading, it's really active. The commissioner's great you know, or all that kind of stuff. I thought I, you know, I recently came up with a, a possible mechanism to and for the anti-tanking folks. And I personally think potential points sol- solves that to a great deal. I, like I, You really have to do some, uh, some fidgeting around the lines if you want to, quote unquote, tank with potential points. That means you have to literally trade the players. You literally have to trade the production. So for those that don't think potential points solves the issue, here's my suggestion. How about this? If you finish last, you're out of the league. And it's replaced with a new owner. And I don't like that. Okay. I but don't. here's the one thing though. No one would be trying to finish last. No, I understand that. So you would get everybody competitive every year, which would be an interesting environment because we don't see... Katie, let's be honest. When it gets to November, December, do you, do you really see in any of your leagues, every team trying their all? For the most part, I do. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean... In, tr- in terms of trying to win, not just sitting there. Oh, there's plenty of teams that set their lineup and they just sit there, but they're actively trying to improve their team. Do you see that? Well, That's no, what I mean. no, but you don't have to actively try to improve your team. The okay. whole point is you set your lineups, you're doing, you're within the parameters. 
I don't think that's tanking. Okay. If you've okay. got a bad team and you're just either injury or whatever, it doesn't mean that you have to trade an injured stud to get somebody that's a place filler. Okay. If you don't have a realistic shot at, at even making the playoffs, cool. I don't see anything wrong okay. with setting your lineups and, and just playing it out and playing it out. The one thing, the one thing I, I do see what I do have a problem with is people straight up tanking where they're not starting their best lineup or well that is tank that is tanking and that's malicious right exactly if you have Najee harris and he's not on your taxi and he's and he's playing you need to play him and you can't play tevin coleman and say that you're playing it above board because the logic would be if you're nine and four right now instead of four and nine would you be starting the same lineup that's basically the question the one thing i thought of though is what sometimes the sticky team and they leave is really tough to fill. But in this instance, you would have 101. You would have 101 with the new team and new owner. No, and I understand that, but yeah. it could be just bad luck that the owner, it doesn't mean they're a I bad just, This is more of a chat. This is more of a chat yeah. thought exercise. I wonder how a league like this would go because you even see, you know, redraft is considered a lot of times social and it's like, oh, I'm out of it. There's no, I mean, there's no tomorrow. My league, my, my roster is dying. In late December, it's just gone, and so you'll see teams turn into like bye weeks because they just don't care. And in Dynasty, there's always a tomorrow. So I do wonder what would happen if you're like, I like this league, I like my team, but I'm in, I'm at risk of finishing last, and then this team goes to somebody else. I'm just gone. So I do wonder how competitive it would be as just an exercise or an experiment to see what would happen in the bottom half of your league on how close you are to that. Bottom, bottom, you know, bottom and worst team. Um, what do you think about picking your matchups in the playoffs? I've had that in in. Um, it wasn't a dynasty league, but Just I think that's league. interesting. What do you think I about think- the number three seed in the first round? You pick any of the other three because a lot of times six seed is the hot one. They've right. won two or three times to get in. Yeah. No, I, I like the idea. And it's your fault. You know, we always say like, "Oh, I just got a bad matchup." Well, you have three teams to choose from, so pick whatever one you want. Right. Um, and then what do you think about the number one overall seed getting to pick of the other three teams in the next week? And again, yeah. I think that would be a cool twist. Because in theory, see, now it's almost like that episode of the league where it's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start my lineup. And he ends up beating himself because he thinks about it so much. He's like, are you kidding me? And he talks himself in and out of every single decision. Um, yeah. One of the things I wrote down was definitely the, the campus to Canton uh, in terms of bridging the gap there. What do you think about Debbie leagues? I've seen this and got some questions where you draft specific college programs in the startup draft. Well, I'm drafting Alabama or I'm drafting USC or whatever program that do you, do you like that? Or do you like the, just separate the players and you don't have rights to them till the end of time. And I guess you could trade those rights, you know, from Ohio state in the future or whatever. But what do you think about that as a feeder system? I personally don't like that. I would rather pick the players and choose the players because what you pick for your startup slot or where you end up in a random draw for your start can impact your entire dynasty league forever if you get Alabama or Ohio State or somebody that is a continual uh feeder of studs into the NFL, you get a team that the 12th pick and and they end up with a dry spot for three or four years in a row, you're you're stuck. 
Yeah. Yeah. I personally don't like that one. And I always find it really tough to assess on, well, how early should I take you know, the second choice or the first choice or whatever, or should I wait till the 12th choice? And that that's the one that is just, it's a bit out of my depth. We talk players all the time. And so talking about entire programs, it's becoming a lot more a lot more complicated in that regard. Well, and especially now with the NIL and the um, with the transfer portal, how do you do that? If the guy starts with Alabama, do you still own them if they move on to LSU or Arkansas? Yeah, right. Like, how is that going to, because there's going to be a lot more with the transfer portal and NIL. There's going to be a lot more movement now and in the future in the college ranks than ever before. So how would you even do that? How would you address that? I don't know. Yeah. The last one, and I want to shout out to a UTH listener and subscriber, Doug. Um, I, I actually talked to him in person about this. He has one of the more fascinating leagues, longstanding up there in uh, South Dakota. It's um, and, and he actually does rotisserie. It's a la fantasy baseball years ago where they score uh, by position and they get points based on how you finish you know, in the position. So you score, all your quarterbacks score, your, your running backs score, wide receivers, et cetera. And then within those positions, you get you get points like rotisserie. So the top team will get ten, and maybe it's eight and five, or you know whatever. And it really rewards every position. It rewards you know depth. His his draft, he, they have a ten round, ten team draft every single year, and it's fascinating. I think there's no waiver wire either, so they go hundred deep with rookies, and I can't remember if there's free agents in there or whatever. But it is just it was a very interesting thing, and I I remember growing up with fantasy baseball rotisserie scoring. And it seems like in baseball as well, actually baseball, it, it st- stood the test of time a little bit, bit more, but football, I can't recall one instance of a league on any platform ever that's rotisserie scoring. And it's just one of those, why? Like, why is that? Was it made differently where you know passing yardage or rushing yardage, receiving yardage, like if you just have all these different categories or total touchdowns or whatever, and that's how you score and you, you rank within the league. Uh, versus all your league mates. And that's another way to play. That's not even, I don't even think that's how fantasy football started. So it's interesting that it's beginnings and this entire process is way different than baseball. Yeah. I, I don't know how that would play. But. All right, Katie, uh, let's rapid fire some trades here uh, going through here. So team building concepts, I always like to probe and say, you know, what would make this deal better or appropriate or the mindset uh, behind these? These are all super flex leagues. We have Najee Harris uh, after a running back one level rookie season being traded for DJ Moore and a 23 first. Uh, If that first were in, if you knew it was in the top eight, I'd say it's, it's probably a pretty good deal. If it's a playoff possible contender, then I'd probably hold Pat. If I had Najee Harris, Um, I like DJ Moore. They're, roughly the same age they're both <laughs> yeah. uh, and and dj moore has been in the league for five years um big question mark at quarterback but um do you hand ring a little bit about Najee? the fact that it's like ah, uh, you know he's 24 and a half he came out on the older side a lot of people are like he's not that good but he just gets a lot of touches but do you are you one that kind of tampers him down or do you say hey round one guy running back one season and he's going to get pretty good workload for this whole rookie contract at a minimum. No, I, I think that the expectations for him are right about where they should be. He was all that. And, um, but that 23 first 
with DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not a slouch. It's right. he's not a throwaway piece. And if you, like I said, there's a lot of running backs in that 23 class. If you got a and the leverage with those quarterbacks in there, even if you're not going to take one, uh, that like you were saying, top eight. But if this looked like it had pretty good potential to be a non-playoff team, then then that would even for that, sure they, that side. I mean, I think there's easy ways for that way that side to win. Right. Because Najee is probably only going to be insulated for another couple of seasons. Let's be right. fair, you know, no, age-wise. I... And let's hope, you know, and we don't know if that situation is going to get better. And they really haven't had. See, part of the thing is they haven't had a running back too. Benny Snell is not the answer of anything, and they just haven't improved that, right? Including last year or this year. All right, uh, we have Christian McCaffrey for Carson Wentz and a first and a second next year. And again, I think. Throwing around first. What? Throwing around first. I'm just. Yeah, no, I know. This one's pretty even, but I, I, I guess it just depends on what you need. I would, I would rather. Eh. I would probably take McCaffrey. I'll, I'll step out here. Yeah. So I'll, I would probably take McCaffrey because A, he's 26. B, he literally is probably the only running back that can score with unlimited ceiling almost in, in PPR. And he's the type of profile that I don't think at 28, 29, we're going to worry as much because I think he's going to age so gracefully as a receiver, like along the way, like he could, he could quote unquote devolve in two years and still be Austin Eckler. Right. So just because he's not a 350 or 400 touch player that he was at his peak, I still think he can be highly, highly effective. So those picks, that first has to be super early for me. Well, right. Or and what I like I was thinking is so. if you could if you could make it so that instead of a first and a second, if it was two first plus once. Yeah. Then, yeah. That then, changes. Then the you've equation. got a better than it's a 26 year old running back. And yeah, the two first, I think. Or if Carson Wentz was a better quarterback, I think that's the other, right. you know, how high do you need to go in the hierarchy? That probably depends on the person. Right. Like if Kirk Cousins might be enough, for example, Matthew Stafford might easily be enough. So I think that's where they're where we're probably headed on this. All right. Uh, what do you think about Jonathan Taylor for Leonard Fournette and Tyreek Hill? Jonathan Taylor, hundred percent. Okay. Twenty-eight year old Tyreek Hill changing teams. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't know about you, Katie. I, I don't like this Miami equation this year. I think there's a lot yeah. of Tua questions, and I we'll see how it works out. But this is not Patrick Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill. Right. Uh, we got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, good segue there for AJ Brown, Jamison Williams. And two first next year. So this is like four plus first equivalency. Right. I'd still rather have Mahomes. <laughs> I would. Oh, uh, no, no, it's fine. I don't like the mix of the AJ Brown and Jamison Williams. If it was a different mix of players, potentially with a quarterback in that no. mix somehow. Well, uh, Jamison Williams, let's say that's like a mid ish first. And so, that, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, if we get a quarterback in that that's worth generally that range, that would maybe be the substitute, right? Right. If it was Stafford, is that enough? Yeah, Stafford, if was, Brown, if two if it firsts. Was AJ Brown, Stafford, and two firsts, that would be enough. Yeah. I'd still hate to lose Mahomes. I mean, it yeah. would depend on, I mean, you obviously have a lot of more needs, and that's why you're trying to get the pieces. I think that I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Matthew Stafford in that mix. Because you're not dropping off a lot yeah. with that quarterback, but then you've got the two firsts and AJ Brown, and you could sell potentially AJ Brown in for season mo- for, for more, yeah, for to, more. To just get more. If you're truly trying to break it down and give yourself right. as many chances, 
The other thing is just, just you know, if, if you're re, quote unquote rebuilding or you say, I'm not very good, I mean, you got to be careful, right? You just deal, oh, let me just deal away Mahomes. Mahomes could easily be around when you've rebuilt the entire house around him. So you got to be careful. Because if that ends up 107 and 111, how much is that? I mean, you've really got to ask yourself in two years, how much is this helping? Right. Obviously, yes, you can trade the first for stuff. You can trade AJ Brown for stuff. You can do anything you want with all those pieces, but there's only so many quarterbacks, right? I mean, that truly are build around, set it and forget it, guys. And, and that those list is pretty small. Receivers aren't stud enough, right? Like, there's not a stud. This isn't, this isn't Jefferson and two firsts for Mahomes, right? Which is you know a little bit different of a conversation. All right, we've got Alvin Kamara and a 24 second for George Pickens and a first next year. I don't think you need to add to the Camara side. I I, I yeah. would rather have the Camara side, to be honest. Yeah. And again, Pickens, not around one wide receiver in terms of pedigree. So Camara, and, and even if he has a suspension, he's 27 this year. He's He's been top 12 every year. Every single year, we've seen big ceiling from him. He's another guy. He can catch the ball like a receiver. So... That probably is going to age relatively gracefully. You really don't know what you have with Pickens. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster and a second next year, upgrading to a 23 first. Again, I would take the Juju side. I don't think you would have to add anything to the Juju side. To add a 23 second, it's yeah. like you're saying Juju sucks. And he may, but he's got a new opportunity with a great quarterback. The upside of, of him... To, to be right. And, and this isn't a market value thing. This is a, from him being an auto start this year. Right. And earning more is, contracts. If you wait two, three months, you could still make this trade, but you could get more than just one twenty-three first. If Juju starts to explode with Patrick Mahomes, like he can, why wouldn't you right. then seek? Well, I think the downside, let's play it from both sides. If he turns out to just be okay, let's say he's on track to be like wide receiver, 30, 30 to 40 on the season, which I think is a relative floor, right? I mean, if he plays, he's okay. And he's with Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what's going to happen. You can still minimum trade him for a second, right? Second and probably a throw in player, someone that, you know, you try to hunt and pack and get who you want or whatever. But so if the second is the floor, if he hits and a lot of the, the studies I'm looking at, he's got a pretty good chance to be top 12. If that happens, he's worth more than a first. Right. I, and, that's, again, and it doesn't even matter if you trade him. That's just in your lineup. You're going to just plug and play him and be like, thank God Juju was my wide receiver three. And now I'm winning my league because he, he's functioning like a wide receiver one. And we don't know that the 23 second isn't the 201. And we don't know that yeah. the 23 first isn't the 112. You may be doing that for one draft spot. Exactly. So again, I don't think you need to throw in a second with Juju to get the first. I've, seen, the first I've, seen, plenty of, I've seen plenty of trades that are Juju for a first straight up. Right. Right. And Absolutely. it's super flex. And so that's the other if it was one quarterback, you start, you know, fidgeting that that pick down a little bit, especially if it ends up being later in the round. So these are all aspects that you have to know the entire kind of league part uh, mixed in there. All right, Katie. Uh, any final thoughts this week as we go through? We're gonna get rookies reporting, I think, at the end of this week, and we're zooming. Uh, we're less than two months out from week one. Fifty-five days. Oh. <laughs> But who's counting? No one. Apparently. Uh, no, I'm just very excited. Can't wait for the rookies and everybody to get started and to see some real news and and start seeing some real football in progress. 
Yeah. And uh, my final thought, I will reiterate what Katie said early in the show, which is if you're looking for leagues, make sure fine tooth comb, spend the 15 minutes, however long it takes you, depending on retention and attention span and all that to read the rules. And if you have questions, ask them, reach out. If it's group me, if it's email, uh, whatever to the commissioner, uh, it doesn't have to be blasting it in front of the entire league. If you think it might be a dumb question or, you know, if, 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 if you're the only one that needs clarification, then get that clarification about the scoring or the lineup or twists and turns that, that may come up in the future. Because we've said it before, a lot of times these leagues are just slapdash put together. And frankly, people are in a rush. And all we say is slow down a little bit, whether it's starting the draft or auction or getting people signed up and paid. But a lot of people just jump in, jump in all the way to the deep end and then you'll get people in round five asking if it's if it's uh, premium scoring for tight end or something. So just make sure you're not that person. Even if someone in the league is confused, make sure it's not you. And if you have a question about... Like I had a question. I found it... I couldn't believe a, a league that I'm, I'm drafting right now that they said it was point per completion. It Well, sorry. It's not point per completion. It was uh, yards per completion for quarterbacks and they had some tiers and stuff and you got scoring based on that as a small component for the for the position. And it looked so low. Literally the top end was eight and a half yards per completion and above. And my first thought is, well, almost every quarterback is going to get that every week. So I, I, re, I asked the commissioner, I said, are you sure that's not yards per attempt? Because it seemed like it was those those numbers and the, and where you'd benefit or get penalized or whatever, it was a lot more centric to yards per attempt and how it looks in the NFL. And he said, "No, you know, it's the yard per completion." I said, "Okay, thank you for thank you for clarifying that." You know, straight from the horse's mouth. So those are the types of things. Make sure go line by line. And I know it. You know, it's it's tedious, and you've we've looked at MFL or your various platforms quite a bit. So you just just do it. And, you know, even though you're most of it, you're just going to nod along and be like, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. Press that little test button that it actually shows what the scoring is. So check those boxes. But right about now is an ideal time, you know, to if you are going to do one more startup draft, I personally don't like doing them when they're knee deep in the preseason and things like that. So we're running out of time if you are interested uh, in a new 2022 startup draft. But with your existing teams, make sure you give them some love because we're here. Uh, we've been waiting for six, seven months, and we're back again. We're going to do this thing. And Katie and I, on a weekly basis here on the weekly show, premium content, we're going to be along for the ride. So for Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler 399, I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about signing up as a general manager plus subscriber and getting all of that free, juicy content. I've been doing things on Dynasty Trades, uh, highlighting some of the best ones for strategy points I've seen during the week as well as doing the uh, play, uh, passing games for the NFL, looking at these historical prisms of if the quarterback does this and they've got a strong tight end, you know, what does that look like for the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two? And just going down the rabbit hole of looking for soft spots. And frankly, we highlighted one. Juju Smith-Schuster is a soft spot. Whoever wins that number one job in Kansas City is a soft spot. Whatever, like All those prices are affordable, all of them across the board. So if you can get that right, if you can know where you know where the value points are, the deflection points, that is a key key differentiator, I think, for this year because we've got some passing games up for grabs. So for Katie, myself, Chad Parsons, until next time, never settle. Refuse to be average. Keep building those dynasties. Deuce Vaughn.